Hi, I'm Sean, and welcome to the Love to Own Your Business podcast. Here we learn how to grow businesses we love to own. Each month, we share great advice on how to do that, and also on how to avoid the pitfalls that make us love our business not so much. With separations hitting an all-time record of $4.9 million last November, the arguments of pent-up cash from COVID relief are simply no longer holding up, at least not in the way we were talking about them then. The current arguments of uncertainty of quarantining and its random nature creates a bevy of second-tier issues such as school attendance, childcare, loss of days worked, and more. While the first and second reasons to top the list are childcare and health risk concerns, there is also significant evidence pointing to churn created from people simply looking for better working conditions, period. But the reality is, there are still millions of workers on the sidelines waiting to come back to the workforce. When reasons one and two abate, the predominant question will then become, how will your organization compete against others with respect to reason three, the working conditions you provide? Is your organization's culture still an attractive sell in a post-pandemic return to work world? Even though this topic has already been ground finer than espresso, I think it's important to still talk about what is working and what is not, but with respect to our area, our businesses, and the people that call Western New York home. Today's guest can help. With us this month is Keith Hatswell, a partner with the role of GM at Niagara Label. Based on my own observations and interactions, through the lens of org development, the culture that together they have built at Niagara Label is simply something to marvel at. Although Keith would gladly defer credit to his teammates, I've asked him here so he can share what he's taught me about what it takes to get it right. So hi, Keith. How you doing? Great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great. Very thanks glad to have me. you here. Oh. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's start by, why don't you tell us a little about your background and a little bit about Niagara Label? Okay. So um, I started with Niagara Label um, almost 28 years ago, actually. <laughs> I uh, started sweeping floors and taking out trash and sort of worked my way up um, through the ranks, so to speak, and um, really fell in love. You know, I mean, label printing, I don't think is anything anyone goes to school for per se. I mean, there are some colleges, but I don't think anyone's sitting there tapping a pencil in seventh grade, looking out the window, thinking, hmm, I want to make labels, you know, <laughs> it's something you sort of fall into and, and, and you build a career around it. And that's just what I did. So I uh, had a couple short stints where I left um, the company for some other reasons. And uh, they were short though. And I always came back. And um, one of the things that really attracted me to it was, uh, was the owners, you know, good people to work for. And they, they quickly became like family. Uh, in fact, even though we're not related, I mean, we vacation together. I usually go down there on, on Thanksgiving, my family and I, and uh, we're all pretty close. Um, in fact, my sister, um, so I'm a minority partner and my sister uh, is also. So the two of us were hmm. sort of asked into this other family business um, that we help run uh, with their son. And of course, they're they're involved from a distance, um, but uh, we run all the day-to-day stuff. And and um, yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a real fun ride the last 28 years. And, and I look forward to what the future holds. We're growing pretty fast. Um, we uh, finished at about uh, 16 million last year. Wow. Uh, up, yeah, up from 13.7 the year before. Uh, COVID really didn't seem to have too much of an impact um, on us uh, in, in the negative sense. Our business was really booming through that. We did a lot of hand sanitizer labels and stuff like that. And um, it's just been great. In fact, this year, we're, we're a little nervous that if we grow at the same rate, we're going to have some, some serious growing pain. So we're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to do it uh, uh, logically. You know, We're trying to not pump the brakes, but but we're trying to grow smart, you know. 
Yeah. If, if you can, it's hard to not, it's hard to slow your growth because everyone likes growth, you know, but uh, we're doing what we can to, to, to make sure we're doing it the right way. It's great. Those are the, the best problems to have, right? Is how to manage oh, yeah. sustainable growth, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's fun. You know, when, when people are calling you because uh, word of mouth is so is, is, you know, you're getting around word of mouth is so good for you. It's uh it's fantastic. It's great to, to feel wanted and needed. So, you know, we're building our business so we can continue to do that for just more and more people. Yeah. So I, I think from, like I said, at the beginning here that we've had the opportunity to interact over the last few years and, mm-hmm. um, Really, what I've been amazed at is the culture that you've been able to build. Um, so let's start out, if we can, by can you maybe define your culture, define what you th- what what it is for you. I'm not passionate about labels per se. I love labels. I know how to build them. We're good at it, but that's not you know you know you always talk about the why you do it. Um, labels are just what we do. We always say this. You know, labels are just the what, but the why is the people. You know, and, and it sounds a little cliche, but it's not. I mean, we spend a lot of time together, you know, and um, in order to grow the company the way we want to grow it, you, you, you got to treat people truly the way you want to be treated. Our culture is very employee centric. Employee centric is one of our core values. Um, you know, we have a company wide meeting once a month and we start with our mission statement and our core values. Our mission statement starts with to nurture the success and growth of our employees and their families. That's great. That, that, it starts that way. And it was written that way on purpose. Actually, the end of the mission statement uh, ended with to nurture the success and growth of our employees and their families. And it just didn't sit right because it was at the end. So during a strategic planning session, we said, you know what? Our employees come first, literally, and figure, you know, we're going to move that up to the top. So our, our, our you know, mission statement starts with that. And we try really hard to live by that and, 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 Get that to permeate through, you know, the the entire uh, company, and it's not just management taking care of employees. It's employees taking care of employees. It's all of us taking care of each other. Niagara Label is kind of place where, you know, if someone's struggling, you don't see someone kind of smirking uh, because they feel like they're superior, or maybe they got a little more job security because this guy's screwing up a little more. Uh, You'll see people come across the aisle. Uh, literally to help people they'll shut their machine off if they can, if they're in a good spot and they'll come over and try and help uh, people through issues or problems when we're printing. Um, and I've had a lot of new employees say, I mean, within the first month say, wow, this is just so different from places that I work because people seem to really care. You know, they don't scoff at you. They don't shake your head, uh, shake their head at you. Um, they, they really want to see us succeed. So, you know, it, it's hard to define our culture, um, but but if I had to, I would say those words employee centric, and that goes from top down and and down up. And and it's funny because I say top down. There, we think of ourselves as a very flat organizational structure. Um, you know, if anyone calls us a boss or something, we're always like, we work together. You know, we have different roles. We just work together. Everyone's really important, and we and we treat them that way because they are. From the person sweeping the floor to the person running our most expensive press. Um, if, if people aren't doing their jobs, you know, with with an amount of passion or, or concern and care, you know, there's a lot of inefficiencies that can build up in a print shop and, you know, things just don't run smooth. You know, people don't have to be best friends, but we want them to care enough about the next person to know that they got to do a good job for them as well as themselves. So that makes sense, you know? Absolutely. Basic respect, right? So, I mean, there's, right. Um, You bring up a good point though. And I think that very few organizations have the have the ability to sort of like start and build their their culture from scratch. 
if I was an organization that would like to realign my culture, or you know what, I didn't get it right all, all, all from the beginning, or I've made some mistakes, or some people came on board that maybe were a little bit toxic and sort of changed my culture, how do I go about prioritizing uh, what's important to start doing to, to start moving the culture in the right direction, to move the needle to where I want it to be? Well, that's a great question. And it's, and it's probably, there's probably a million ways to skin a cat, you know? Um, I would say that if you recognize the fact that the culture needs to change, identify what it is that that needs to change. What specifically is there that is the hang up that you don't like or that you're not doing? You know, what is it that you want to be doing that you're not? Or what is it that you are doing that you shouldn't? So it's 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 part of strategic planning, right? <clears throat> so you know, a lot of times when people do strategic planning, they go off in, in the numbers direction and, and what they're buying and this and that. But culture should be a big part of that discussion for every year. Review your culture and say, you know, are we becoming the company that we want to be? Are we making moves in that direction? Um, it's, uh, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, people, and, and, and I've heard from other business owners, they get very frustrated. Well, you know, I've tried having meetings. These guys don't listen, but, you know, and really, usually they're, they're the problem, the management, you know, the management should really reflect on themselves first. That's a, that's a good starting point. Are they being the kind of um, people that you would want to work with and for, you know? You got to be patient with it and you got to be consistent. Some people get frustrated because it doesn't happen overnight. And, and I'm telling you, I've heard it so many times. Well, I've tried meetings like that. My guys don't, they don't like it. They, they make jokes. They hate sitting there. Well, maybe the meeting's terrible. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you got to find a way to make people feel included. Um, maybe you have to make them want to be there and hear what you have to say. You know, so we, so like in our meetings, I'm kind of going on a little tangent here, but, you know, we try to make it really fun. You know, we raffle stuff off. We give everyone a ticket at the beginning. We raffle off mugs and stuff that we get in from like Uline when we order stuff and scratch offs. And we actually have a section um, during our meetings called kudos. And any employee throughout the month can send myself and um, one of our customer service reps who helps me with it, um, a kudos to another employee oh, or a group of employees. And we read it out loud. Or sometimes the employee that that gave the kudos wants to read it. Hmm, and that's cool. one of our favorite parts of the, the month. You know, sometimes we joke around, you know, people are joking with each other because someone was pulling their hair out and someone just brought them like, you know, a pop or something like that, just to get them, you know, a smile back on their face. But it's those little things um, that make the culture, you know, over time. And, you know, I, I, here's another thing that I've seen that's very important to note. When you want to change a culture, and you have uh, an employee that that's toxic, um, and sometimes uh, when you're trying to change a culture from where you were, it's these tenured employees that are are kind of good technically. They know the the technical aspect of their jobs, but they're ingrained with a certain culture from what it used to be, um, and maybe they're part of the problem, and they don't want to change. And managers and owners are afraid to move them out because of their tenure their um, experience um, and, and expertise. But I'll tell you, it's toxic. It's like a cancer. If you, if you don't remove it, it will come back, you know, to haunt you. So now again, you know, a lot of times it's the managements, they have to look inward and start with themselves, you know, and make sure that they're reflecting the culture that, that they want to build. But um, as you piece people back into your company, you hire for for personality, culture, skills, and all that stuff, usually, at least in our industry, you can you can train that. You know, you can train job skills. 
um, people skills, uh, culture, uh, uh, company fit, that culture fit is a little bit more difficult. Um, when you were doing the the conversion from, let's say, previous culture to um, to new culture, you said you did some separations. Were you able to preserve any of the, the legacy that were the problems, but we were able to convert them into the new culture? How were you mm-hmm. able to change either either their dogma or whatever the whatever that might have been their their new their new way of thinking well so lepers don't change their spots right <laughs> but you can change you can change some perspectives once in a while and we did have an individual a couple app actually but there was one in particular that stands out and this individual was just um it was a lot of eye rolling scoffing whenever we try to do something positive or different in, in, into this new version of who we want to be we got pushback and this individual was also very tough on, on new employees. Um, if you were new, um, this individual was brutal mm. to you. Um, this person was very good at their job. And at one point, a manager, believe it or not. Um, but people were quitting around this person. Uh, I used to work under this person a long time ago. And, um, you know, I could tolerate it. I can, I can deal with people. But there was people that would be in tears around me and, and quitting back then. So we knew this might be an issue. We sent this, we, I wrote this individual a letter, uh, called the person in my office and said, we are parting ways right now for two weeks. We're going to pay you. This is, what we, this is one of the things that we did. Hmm. We said, you know, we owe it to, you've been here a long time and you are part of who we are. We're going to pay you to stay home two weeks and consider if, if this is going to be a good fit for you. If it is, you know, we, we're not going to tolerate the old, old stuff anymore. And, it, and I, and I, you, you kind of coach them through it because I, I said, you know, if you need help, if you need to vent about something, if you don't know how to handle something, that's okay. Come on in, talk to me. Um, uh, we have a lot of good managers there that, that they could talk to and let's work through it, but we can't treat people the way that they don't want to be treated anymore. I think, you know, sending someone home for two weeks paid sends a pretty good message like, wow, they care about me, but they're not putting up with it anymore yeah. is why they're sitting home. So that's what we did. And this individual did a 180. Now I think there's probably some biting the tongue at times. That's okay. You know, people don't have to love you day in and day out, but, but this individual just doesn't go off like they used to. Um, and it's great. And we value that employee uh, more than ever. Does a great job. That's fantastic. I have never, I've never heard of that instance where you just give someone a two week leave for consideration that that really shows that you really care about the employees and you want to preserve as much continuity as possible and also honor the legacy that they've brought forth. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the letter we gave this individual, we, um, it was, it was a personal letter, you know, it it didn't sound very corporate. Uh, it doesn't have to, it shouldn't. I mean, anyone can do that. You can hire an HR person to type up some letter that, Hmm. you know, um, you know, like they're getting reprimanded, but we reached out to the person and said, listen, you know, you, you have a ton of incredible qualities. You know, this job, you know, all of our customers better than anyone at the company. You've been here, you know, this individual's there longer than me um, at a high cost for a while. Right. But now we corrected it and we, we couldn't be happier. So, but that's mm-hmm. something that I, I would recommend people do. If, if they have an individual, you know, if it's someone new, um, you know, any company, you can take it upon yourself to work through issues. We've had some, some new employees, young employees, you know, that come in with a chip on their shoulder and mm-hmm. certain expectations. 
um, they kind of, you know, they interviewed real well and they get the honeymoon is over and then you see some things, you know, that happens. Um, but we tend to get our arms around people. We use that expression. Let's get them in here. When we're talking, you know, cross managers will say, let's get, get them in here. Let's get our arms around them and see what's going on. Maybe there's something going on at home and maybe we can help with it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we found out things were going on at home and people were, I wouldn't say derailing, but we saw a big uh, decline in, in work, um, uh, you know, just their work, you know, how well they're working and even attitude. And then you find out something else go, is going on and we've actually reached out. I mean, years ago, you know, we had a guy that his, his truck just kept breaking down. We didn't really know. He didn't say anything to us and he couldn't afford, you know, the, the, to get it fixed that week or whatever. And we just, we stepped up and said, well, we're going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. And he's like, well, no, no, no. We're like, listen, we want you here worried about labels, not worrying about a vehicle. Um, and that's just a car. I mean, think about people with with family members who are ill or, or, you know, all those things, people, you know, they have lives before they work for us and enduring and, and there's stuff going on around them. And uh, I think sometimes managers forget that. And that's the new sort of the new thing that's out there is, is companies are trying to figure out how to be more understanding, yeah. a little bit more flexible. Um, and the, and the challenge is, is to not, to not be, I don't know what the word is too loosey goosey where there people just take advantage. Um, you know, that's why you got to find good people that understand the culture and, and why you're doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's uh it's, it's about setting appropriate boundaries, right? Being fair, right? Yeah. At the end of the day for fair, yeah. people yeah. recognize fairness. No one can argue with fair, right? Um, but I, I really, really like the analogy of the, the corporate hug. Right, putting your arms yeah. around the, the the people to make sure that they're they're doing all right and making sure that their their stresses are as alleviated as possible so that they can free up their minds to do the work. Right, we've covered a lot of ground, but um, you're a great example of an industry that can't really have its remote or, re- workers go remote. Right, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how I want to improve my culture by letting people be remote workers, but in manufacturing, um, you really can't. So. Um, can you talk to about what you've been able to do to sort of measure the remote versus the not remote and how we satisfy that need? So you're right in, 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 um, in manufacturing. Well, certainly um, in, in printing, you know, you can't take home a million dollar press and put it in your garage. <laughs> it doesn't work, but uh, you, you, know, you can, COVID, but that's grand larceny. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Well, it'd be, it'd be tough to get it through the door. It takes a pretty, pretty smart team to disassemble it. But uh, yeah. Um, when COVID hit, you know, like everyone, we, we had to evaluate how we were going to function. Um, we were deemed essential. So we do a lot of food labeling um, and, and uh, pharmaceutical labeling. Um, not a lot of pharmaceutical, but uh, like nutraceutical stuff and hand sanitizer, stuff like that. Um, so we were deemed essential right away. So we took precautions. We had people spaced out, uh, wearing masks, doing what we could do. But there were some office individuals purchasing some of the customer service reps we actually hooked up computers at home and, and just kept people out as much as possible and distance. But like you said, when you're in the production side of it, uh, that's not so easy. Um, so the, the good thing was in, in the manufacturing side is, you know, they're still at a distance. You're, you're 15 feet from everyone else. So we just made no unnecessary movement throughout the building uh, and stuff like that. So uh, it worked pretty well for us. Um, actually during the height of COVID, we didn't really have any cases and, and we went through a little, 
stint uh, about three weeks ago where we had it just ripped through the plant. <laughs> everyone was good. It was pretty much a cold for everyone. And, and now we're all back. But uh, it's like because-, because people want remote work. Right. So we hear like a lot of companies are getting bombarded, bombarded with, uh, you know, we're going to offer remote as, as an option to help attract our culture, but not every, not every workplace can do that. So how do you sort of um, keep people saying, well, I'd rather have a remote work job, but I'm going to entice you to stay here because you, this is going to be a better working environment. We'll, we'll make the accommodations that you need for either to help with the childcare or whatever these uncertainties are that lead themselves to wanting more of a remote setting. I mean, take remote or, or onsite out of it, right? We, we just try to be the kind of company that one would want to work for. Honesty and integrity are huge for us. That's, you know, uh, some of our core values. And we demonstrate those things. So, um, you know, like uh, with the PPP money, we gave bonuses. You know, we, we, um, we when we have our company-wide meetings, and it, it, it can be simple things too. And again, this, this culture is not one, two, or three, four. It's, it's a whole litany of things that you're constantly doing. And we didn't just change the culture, by the way. And like, here we are, we changed it. I mean, we, we, we slowly did, but we're always working on it, you know, and it ebbs and flows. You have, you have, you know, better months than others. And, on, you know, when we get real busy, obviously stress levels get a little higher and it's a little bit more to manage when people are, are cracking sometimes under pressure. Um, but, um, but these are things that, that you, you build a company where, where people are like, wow, this is the greatest place I've ever worked. I mean, we, we've heard that a bunch of t- times, you know, uh, when people have to go to take care, like at the last minute to take care of a family member or something, we try to be very understanding. Um, what we're doing actually in February, it's interesting that you're talking about this. We decided in February, um, we are going to allow the customer service reps to work four days a week, nine hours a day. So they have a, a three-day week when, weekend yeah. every week. Um, the caveat, you know, the, and, and we're moving them to, um, instead of hourly, to a salary. So they're actually going to make more money for working 36 hours. And it, we expect the work to get done. So they may have to come in on a Friday or might, whatever their day off would be if they have the workload. We're leaving it to them. We're letting them manage their own workload. And we, we just tell them, listen, you're your own business. You have work to get done. Yep. It's your own business. And, and you know, we, we need you here 36 hours so customers can get to you in the building. Um, but we're going to give it a try because we recognize that people, you know, are, are, are asking for that. You know, once you start pushing culture in a certain direction, you find the right people that, that fit it, they'll help build it for you. It's that Disney effect. Absolutely. You know, they say, they say at Disney, people kind of fire themselves because they're like, I don't fit in here just because the way all the, the, the good employees are and the way the culture is. So I guess that's what we're trying to build, you know. Is there uh, anything that I didn't ask that you want to single out as being like the number one or two or three things that you'd like to leave anybody listening here with? Well, there will be, I'm sure, as soon as we hang up. We have a phone in. Part two. Um no, um, I would just encourage, I don't know, if anyone's listening to us, I would just say, um, I would encourage them to, to take a look at their culture and say, is this, is this a healthy environment that, that people are proud to, to walk through the doors and, you know, and come into? Um, because when you, when you do it right, it's, like I said, it's a lot of fun and you care about each other and profits start to soar because people, people you know, we tell everyone, this is your company too. This is your company. Um, and we treat them that way. So I don't know. No, you are 
again, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. You are the quintessential example of how a great culture can foster the type of growth that you've had. They're not just small leaps. These are huge, big leaps of growth, like big incremental steps, right? So I, I don't think well, any you. company and can really manage that without the proper people in place, right? Because Well, I would, and, and you know, kudos to, to my boss and my mentor, uh, Mike Whitmarsh and, and his wife, Margie. Um, you know, they built this company and he taught me uh, when I first started, so real quick, um, you know, I was in the art department, I was, you know, taking out garbages, working in production in the art department, went into sales for a few years, and then came back in to manage. Um, my boss and mentor, Mike, was was fantastic. Um, he never really answered any questions for me. He wouldn't answer. He would always come back with another question, you know. But he always told me, just treat people the way you want to be treated. It's the Dale Carnegie, right? How to win friends and influence people. It's it's an older book, but so relevant. And every time, um, you know, he was very adamant about that. And I was a young manager at the time. So I had some, some people, uh, I just mentioned people that I worked for, you know, uh, now that I'm managing in a sense, um, it, you know, you have to have respect for people. You know, these are mothers and daughters and yeah. fathers and sons and uncles and aunts and that have a life and, and passions in life. And you got to respect who they are and what they do. And you got to genuinely, you got to mean it. They're not just employees. They're, they're, they're people that, you know, show up to help make the company what it is. Treat them that way, you know? Yeah, I, there's, that's that's important. There's a difference between aspirational values and implemented values, right? Yeah. So look at the difference between our, is my company culture aspirational or is it really in existence and being practiced every day? This has been fantastic, Keith. Thank you very All much. Right. I yeah, love- sorry, my voice, the bills. I was just yelling at the TV, you know. <laughs> That's great. Let me close this out here. All right. Thanks for um, having me. So thank you. Um, if you want to learn more about either Keith and Niagara Label, why don't you check them out at where can they get best in touch with you? I would say either head to Instagram. And from there, you can find our website and all that stuff. Instagram's kind of our fun platform because you get to see all our fun printing and cool stuff that we get to do. Oh yeah. You've, I mean, never, we didn't talk about the videos, but those videos have been incredible. I've loved watching them. Oh yeah. We had a little fun. Yeah. We have a YouTube channel too. And we did some, yeah. uh, some fun videos on there that you'll see the yeah. life of the label one is, is pretty cool. They're all fantastic. Great. Thanks. Yep. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at SLC advisory group, come visit us at www.slcadvisorygroup.com. And of course, if you want to make sure that you don't miss any of our content, hit the subscribe button and we'll let you know when our next episodes come out. And we'll see you again next month. And thank you again, Keith. You got it. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it.